Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's so important to teach our children to love who they are and love their body. And one huge part of that is being mindful about the language we use about our own bodies around them. Talk further on this, we have founder of Ember and Ace, an athletic wear brand for plus size kids. It's Pam Luck. Hi, Pam Luck. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on because you are over in the States at the moment. So we're doing this at obviously very different times of the day. But thank you so much for joining us. We, we're we really excited to get you on. How is it at the moment in the States? How is it looking? I don't, I don't think we have time for that conversation. <laughs> Should we move on? Yes, perhaps. <laughs> but we just celebrate our um, independence from you all. So hurrah. Hooray. And what did you do to celebrate? Anything nice? We were actually in Los Angeles. Um, they have an enormous anime convention called Anime Expo. Oh, right. Yeah. So I spent it with, you know, 20, 30,000 of my closest friends. <laughs> Amazing. I love that so much. Right. So we want to talk today. Obviously, thank you for coming on. As I said, one study has shown that one of the reasons that kids quit sports is because their uniforms and athletic gear, they no longer fit them. Um, I mean, that is such an awful thing for kids to have to go through at any age and the fact that there's you know sportswear and uniforms that they they don't fit into and they feel uncomfortable you feel uncomfortable anyway don't you growing up that's that's the way you feel and if the clothes you're putting on to go to school or to you know work out aren't fitting uh it can make it even worse so where's this come from where where did your company come from where's where did it found from it it all starts with actually my experience, because that was my experience. Um, I played soccer, aka football, um, <laughs> growing up. And by the time I was in high school, I struggled to find a uniform that fit. I was the goalkeeper. And so I ended up having to shop in the men's section and got to the point where I'm like, okay, we're into an extra large. And, you know, of course, the chest doesn't fit quite right because it's yeah. not cut for me. And so, yeah. You know, it was just, it was, it's very awkward and difficult to not be able to play a sport that I love. And now you fast forward 30 years and I have a daughter in a bigger body and she loves dance and we're struggling with dancewear. Yeah, of course. Cause I mean, notoriously dancewear is very strappy. It's very <laughs> unforgiving. I remember I danced as a little one and I remember it always, it always felt as well you sort of got to the age of about 12 and suddenly it was a bra rather than, you know, thicker straps. It just, it just all seems completely the wrong thing 
for any body type. What age were you, were you when you were having to go into the men's section to do that? 16. 16, yeah. Which the embarrassment for you as well, like having to go into the men's section and ask must not have been very nice at all. No. And because this was way before online shopping, so I had no choice but to go in person. Right. Mm, and so yes. it's, a, it's, as you said, being a kid or being a teenager in particular is already tough, but this is what I have to do to keep playing a sport that I like. And, you know, it's just awkward and difficult to even try to have that conversation with a, a coach. And so, you know, I said, why are we not solving this? This is very solvable. So that's why I uh, decided to try to do something about it. So I, that's when I got the idea to start the company and sort of went through. Of course, it was right before the pandemic. I was going to say, but did that help in a way? Because the pandemic, we all sort of started getting quite sporty. Well, <laughs> I think we all pretended to. No, there was a bit, wasn't there? There was a bit where we just sat on the sofa and then about sort of, you know, a year in, we went, oh, I might have to do some exercise or something here. Like, this, could, this could go on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. And it was, it was, it helped to some degree. Um, it helped with pattern making and planning and, and, you know, doing some fabric sourcing, but, you know, everything was shut down in terms of manufacturing and everything just went so much more slowly, I think. Um, so but you were seeing the need for it there. Did you, you, you put this out online, obviously, and people were coming back saying, this is something we really need and want. Yeah. And it's been interesting because I'm also hearing a lot from adults like me who are just like, oh, if you, where were you, you know, when I was... You know, when I was in school. But luckily, the next generation, they get to experience that in a nicer, more positive way. How do we start to talk to our children about body diversity? I think the good news is there's more books now than there were 10 or 15 years ago. And you can start really early by just, you know, showing there's like I said, there's books that talk about bodies come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. And there's no good or bad way to have a body. And I think it really starts there. But I also sort of see it, it's an extension of the conversation around, you know, body autonomy and consent, I really think, right? If your body is private, it's your business. And that person's body is not your business. So I think if we can sort of, I'd love to see us moving away from talking about bodies in particular, because your kids are always listening. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when you comment on that actor who put on 15, 20 pounds, yeah. you know, so how are we talking about other people's bodies? And let's just stop. And your body is private and their body is private. The media doesn't help, though, does it? And um, obviously it's 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 a slightly different world to the one we grew up in where we had magazines that would, you know, be like, you know, front page, oh my gosh, so-and-so's got cellulite on the beach. Mm. And I remember, I remember growing up thinking, ah, oh, cellulite. I mean, that's the least of any of worries on the planet. <laughs> but like, it's so, it starts really young, doesn't it? And watching how others eat and the diet culture. I feel mm. like it's, it's got better recently. It has got better, but there's a, there's a lot more work to be done. Have you seen a change in the last few years? And I think it starts with even there being different media available. Um, You know, even just, you know, social media is sort of, it's somehow simultaneously great and terrible. Um, But one of the great things about it for me has been following plus size athletes and seeing people with bodies like mine running marathons and kayaking and surfing and you know, swimming and doing all the things. And I think it's sort of where 
if you want to find people in bigger bodies doing these things, you can today. Whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you would never have seen people in bigger bodies, you know, being active and being athletic. And so there are opportunities to sort of show these things to children to, you know, age appropriately, but to, to say, you know, this person is strong and likes to run too, or this person likes basketball like you do. Um, and so there's opportunities now to see where this person likes to go and enjoy themselves and they don't want to hide away because the, yeah. the shame of a friend, friend of mine messaged, uh, it was about a month or so ago, I'm going on holiday and she said, do you know what? I'm just sick of hiding my body like I'm feeling like I have to hide my body like I'm going on holiday it's gonna be hot I'm just gonna wear that dress I'm just gonna do it and I think it's just it's hard isn't it because it does start so young with us what can we do as parents to make sure our children love who they are and bodies that they're in I would say one of the best places to start is really being honest about how you talk about your own body in front of your children I think that's really hard. And particularly like you, you talked about how we were raised and the things that we were seeing in the TV and the magazines and, and the messaging. But I think that's a really strong place to start. And then it's, you know, I think the other piece of this, if we could all sort of learn about is the, the thing is bodies change all the time and mm. you don't always to any degree have control over that. So how can we sort of just learn to move through it? And so you know, I think it's just the other thing I would say is we're all sort of still learning. So don't mm -hmm. panic if you do or yeah. say something. There's opportunities for you to go, you know what, I want to talk about what we were talking about yesterday. And I think a good example of that is um, if your child calls somebody fat. Yes. And what the do we instantaneous, do in that situation? What do we do? The what instantaneous happens? response oh. is like panic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, in that instance, I would say try to not overreact because what we're all trying to do is, is get to the place where fat is really just a neutral descriptor. Some people are skinny and or thin and some people are fat and it doesn't mean all the other things that we try to attach to it. So it can be something as simple as, yeah, bodies come in all different sizes, but let's remember that we don't talk about other people's bodies, right? Because bodies are private. And is that something we do, say you're out and a child does that and you're slightly mortified because kids notice differences, don't they? they you know, and they don't yeah. always know what, what, you know, that they're being offensive. Do you take that child to one side there? Do you do it in front of the person? Do you wait till you get home? What, and what do you do? What would, what would be your advice? What would you do? I mean, I think it's, there's, there's no perfect answer because it, I think, but as much as you can, the bigger problem is the mortified reaction. So how can you try to really start with changing your own immediate reaction? And I would, you know, if, if you're walking, keep walking, don't stop in front of this poor person, but also, you know, you want to try and do it, I think fairly quickly. Um, but if you cannot be gasping and mortified and really just focus on the fact that bodies do come in all different sizes and we do notice differences, but again, bodies are private. So that's, you know, that person's business and your body is your business and sort of, if you can do it in the moment, it's great. And if you can't, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, there's always a moment to sit down and go, Hey, do you remember today when we were walking? And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Store it for later. Maybe like story time, bedtime, something a bit calmer. And just, I think it's, you're right though. It's going in with tools and knowing because going into any situation, 
and thinking, right, don't overreact if something like that happens. What, what do you do if you if someone calls uh, your child fat? What about if it's happening in school? What what advice have we got for children there? That's that's tricky, right? I feel like our immediate instinct is to go very mama bear and try to <laughs> protect and fix. And I think if you can just listen and ask questions and be curious first. And, you know, and it's obviously different ages. You're going to have to talk about different things, but it's so somebody said that you were fat at school today. What does that make you feel? What does that word mean to you? I think part of it is just trying to figure out where they are as a starting point and then um, move from there and sort of talk about, well, you know, why do you think they said those things? And I think it's, it, it gets easier as kids get older um, because I think it's one of those things that maybe we know that people feel is a difficult thing to be in a bigger body. So why do you think they were talking to you and why do you think they have that idea and do you agree? And and so I think, you know, when kids are really young, um, it can be tough, but as much as you can to sort of reinforce messaging that your body can do a lot of amazing things. What are some of the things that you can do with your body that make you feel good or that make you feel strong? Um, and sort of try to change the conversation. And, you know, particularly as kids get older, I think it's what other people's opinions about you are none of your business. And unfortunately, sometimes they feel the need to express them. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, is this somebody that you care about? And I think that's the trickier bit, right? Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is not someone that you know or is a friend of yours, well, bye. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, you're right. It's hard, though. I do think in schools as well that um, teachers and, you know, caregivers and assist, uh, care assistants in schools. I remember being in school when I was, I was thinking about this earlier, and I remember any sort of pee time or anything like that, we were all just sort of herded into the showers, male <sighs> and female, but hmm. that's another topic for another day too. But we were all herded into showers, and I remember – feeling really everybody's bodies were at different stages too and they just felt like there was no privacy if you wanted it or that anything you know it's just I mean in some ways that's good because it's everybody just you know in there in one go and everything's out there on display but in another way as well it doesn't give that person any sort of privacy and there's no chat in school I feel like they are lacking in the chat that you know there's a lot on sexual health there's a yeah. lot on consent, as we, we said, and there's a lot on that coming in now and, you know, fluid, fluidity and about gender. But I feel like that's still a subject that kind of needs to be tackled and, you know, one thing at a time. They can't do everything, I guess. But it, it's something that's been going on for so long. I wonder if there's something that in schools can be done. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where we run into one of the most challenging pieces of this work, I think, is that... There's still a lot of people that believe that you can't be in a body in my size and, and, and be healthy. And I think, you know, that's where you run into challenges with the medical community and the educational community is the idea that, you know, but it's different when you're fat and you shouldn't be for all these reasons. And so I think we're really up against some really difficult challenges. And so I think the best place to start is if we can sort of focus on the common ground, which is there are so many benefits to moving your body that have nothing to do with trying to make it smaller. And so can we all agree that that's the lens through which we're going to engage with kids? And, you know, part of why I think it seems maybe silly to focus on clothing when there's so many bigger issues to be solved. But I think 
it's not only for the kids that want to in bigger bodies that want to keep playing, but it's for other kids as well who have these opinions and ideas in their heads about what my body can do in this size. And I could be, you know, I was a great soccer player. I was a great tap dancer, regardless of the size of my body. And so can we focus on getting kids moving for their physical and mental health? And by being inclusive, can we start to change the narrative? This idea that you can't be good if you're in a bigger body, or if you, if you dance as much as I do, you're going to get smaller. Mm, Not so much. Yeah. (laughs) That's not how it works. Yeah. And teaching kids about nutrition early on as well. Do you think that would help or hinder? I think that's a really slippery area for me. I think calories and and that comes into it and it it then becomes shaming, doesn't it? And it's really tricky to get it right. And so I feel like for me, the possibility to do more damage than good is high. And I think kids start, start from a place of, you know, sort of intuitively knowing what their bodies want. They eat when they're hungry and they stop when they aren't. I think we then start to layer a lot more complexity on top of that, you know, that it has to be all fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Really. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think yeah. it, I, I do believe that we have to be really careful, particularly with younger kids, because I do think it, it can do more harm than good to get into new. And it's in many instances beyond what they're able to sort of comprehend and manage. So, you know, I like a more of an intuitive eating frame and, you know, there's no good foods and bad foods. It's just, so. What it, do you it want can, to eat? Yeah. What are you yeah. feeling today? Yeah. It's hard and it's hard when they're really little. So my little boy this week, I made him some pizza wheels and I was really excited and I was like, he's going to love these. And I was like, you know, I was instamumming for two seconds here. <laughs> What a waste of bloody time that was. He did not want them. He pushed them. He's not looked at them since. But again, it's one of those things. And I had to really think if someone was waking up in the morning and telling me what to eat all day, every day, I think I'd be a bit like, "Mm, no, I don't want that. You know, I'm not feeling that right now. I mean, it would be nice. I'm a sleep deprived mother at the moment who's... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and always not been what to anyone cooking me anything this week I would take. But but I can see how, you know, some days he just wants four ice creams in a row. And unfortunately, he has found out how to get into the freezer now. He knows exactly where they are. And some evenings that is what he's, you know, that's what he that's what he fancies. Obviously, I don't let him have four ice creams in a row because it's a bit silly. But, you know, if he wants an ice cream, he can have an ice cream. It's not yeah. it's not a big deal. He, that's what he fancies today. That's what he can eat. And is that what you mean with intuitive eating? Not quite what I just said. Yeah, but I do think, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think first and foremost, there's a lot there. But I think first and foremost, we have to also start interrogating the absolute fear that we have about our children getting into bigger bodies. Like there's a lot there as well. But I do think the other thing is things tend to work themselves out over time. So one day or even if he wants to eat ice cream every single night for the next two weeks, it's keep the long view of it. Because I think part of what happens is when you treat these foods is something we can't have, you're giving them more value. And so I know it can be hard, but if he wants to have an ice cream every day, let it go for two weeks and sort of see what happens. Yeah. I guarantee you it's going to stop. Yeah. He's it is. It it's just, just because like, part of it choices. is that you, once you take the magic away from it, yeah. because kids know, I'm not supposed to have this every day. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, to your point, particularly young kids, they don't have control over much 
So controlling, you know, the food on their plates and what they eat. And, you know, this is a way that I can sort of take back a little bit of, because you're always putting stuff on me and tell me where to go and when yeah. I have to be in school. Yeah. Baffled, the daily fact podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. In the 19th century, experts warned women about a disease called bicycle face, which meant getting stuck with the awkward faces they make while bicycling. Giraffes. To know when to mate, the man will continuously headbutt the female in the bladder. Manatees control how much they float by farting. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. 
I think, you know, when you talk about particularly with kids, uh, Virginia Soul Smith is an author who just wrote a brand new book called Fat Talk. It's, mm-hmm. I had to look at my shelf to get the name right because I'm like, okay. I know I'm going to mess it up. Um, <laughs> she in particular is really focused on looking at particularly with children. And I think, you know, the work that she's doing and really saying, all right, let's take all the things that we all believe about bodies and about children, about, you know, things like nutrition and sports and medicine and all of it. Let's just really get into it. Um, And so she's somebody that I think, particularly for children, is just absolutely key for parents and not just parents of kids in bigger bodies to really sort of um, look at the work that she's doing. There's also a woman named um, Sonia Renee Taylor who wrote The Body is Not an Apology, um, which is the a book for adults, but she also wrote a book about bodies for children. And I think, you know, her, it's one of the first things that I read many years ago and just sort of was like, okay, she's really trying to break this whole structure down. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think starting with their work. And if possible, even just having these books around, just having them even if they're not picking them up, if they're not interested in reading them for the moment, having them around and just, you know, letting it sort of absorb into their minds a little. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, particularly like I have books on bodies and how they work and questions about puberty and all those things. And we talk about it with my daughter, but just having it on her bookshelf, you know, this on your Renee Taylor book there, she can pull it out when I'm not around. Right. And trusting in the information that's available because the other thing is, you know, sometimes when you start talking with your kids, they just instantaneously check out, check out. Of course, of course. My little boy's discovered his Willie and he just, he just, <laughs> for him, obviously, like it's the best thing. And he's discovered now, you know, when he, when he pees, he can, it can go in a certain direction. But he um, also noticed, he noticed a, another little boy the other day at the park, ran behind a rock to do a wee. Mm. And he, he's and he's not he's two in September. But it, the way the you know they pick this stuff up every time we go to that park, he runs behind it and lifts his top up as if he's doing a wee behind the thing. And I was like, oh my! Like they're absorbing everything. <laughs> like that's he's taking that in and he's sort of trying to do what the what the older kids do. So yeah, leading by example, I guess, is um a great way. And hopefully. Uh, and and what, what's the brand of your clothing? Where can people find it, please, Pam? It is called Ember and Ace, um, which actually the company's a play on the word embrace um, because that's what I want these kids to do. And it is available. We are available online only right now in the United States. My apologies. Um, <laughs> but with the hopes of expanding um, access as things grow. Amazing. And can people find you online? Yeah, I have. Um, that's uh, the website is emberandace.com. And then I have an Instagram account, which is at emberandace. And I don't know if I'm going to jump into the thread pool. We'll have to see. I <laughs> I've jumped into it, but I haven't posted anything. That's too much pressure. <laughs> I don't, want like, I, I don't have time for all the things I have right now. <laughs> Honestly, I, and it means I have to lose one of the others as well. Because if one's coming in, one's got to go. I have not got time for it. Yeah. I don't at the best of times. But yeah, brilliant. I I know, I know, right? Pam, it's been so lovely to speak to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Mums the Word podcast. Thank you. Thank you, and have a lovely sunny day, hopefully, over in the States. No? Okay, we've still on the weather. Overcast currently, but um, we'll take it. Okay, you get the nice weather all the time, so let's not worry about it. We really do. We really (laughs) do. Thanks, Pam Luck. Thank you. (laughs) 
thank you very much for listening to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously if you want to, at 75 or you can email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com ask mums the word pod at gmail.com or leave us a review on apple podcasts it all helps we're going to be back with another episode same time same place next week 